Welcome to Resilience Unraveled. Hi everybody and welcome to Resilience Unraveled, a podcast that examines all aspects of personal and organisational resilience. A huge all-encompassing subject that covers the ability to thrive in life by harnessing your cognitive, emotional, physiological and contextual abilities. I share stories from people who have thrived despite remarkable obstacles, as well as highly successful practitioners and experts across a range of topics. And this podcast introduces their amazing stories and expertise, as well as my own reflections, perspectives, strategies and tips, which come from my own synthesis of themes and trends from wider learning. You can go to qedod.com forward slash extras to access offers, tools and resources, including free articles and eBooks. For those of you that would be interested in supporting our work and contributing more proactively, you can find our new Patreon page at patreon.com. Then search for Resilience Space Unraveled. So, let's get started. Enjoy the show. Hey, and welcome back to Resilience Unraveled. And today I'm um, looking at a real interesting picture of a, a man's head between a series of one, two, three, four, five, six. hexagons, I think they're called. It's a groovy pattern and uh, a handsome, smiley face in the middle and the face of Rob Swiner is looking back at you. So good evening, Rob. Good evening. Good evening. Probably the morning where you are, but the evening where I am. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm at lunchtime and you're at the end of your day. That's correct. So tell us where in the world you are. I am in sunny Florida. Among the palm trees in the ocean. So similar to the background I am looking at with this handsome face looking at me yeah. with the palm trees in the ocean. So I live uh, I live by the ocean here in the uh, northeast part of Florida, United States. Near Jacksonville? Or That's further up? exactly where I live. I live in Ponte Vedra, which is just south of Jacksonville. Very nice. Lovely part of the yeah. world. Yeah, excellent. Uh, That's one of my favorite yeah. places, but for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> because of Disneyland <laughs> and Naples and cruise ships. <laughs> that's what, that's what passes yeah. for culture down there, I've heard. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, it's brilliant. Well, look, thanks for spending time with us today. And I really appreciate your uh, pitching up to um, talk to us. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about um, what it is that you do at the moment? Yeah, sure. Well, thanks. Uh, thanks for having me, first of all. Uh, it's uh, It really is a pleasure to serve and, and give back here on your podcast uh, I am a native of Boston, Massachusetts. Uh, grew up there uh, most of my life and uh, got married at a very early age uh, at uh, 20 and, and uh, ended up relocating to Atlanta where I yeah. raised my family and uh, uh, had made, made a great life for, for myself and my, and my family there in Atlanta. And uh, most recently, uh, in the last five years, I've been in Florida, sunny Florida. So. Um, but uh, my career over the last 41 years has been in sales and sales leadership. Uh, so that's what I've been, been doing. And I've now pivoted uh, to, uh, to be more of a business and life strategist, which uh, is sort of my next chapter as I get a little more gray in my years. Yes. <laughs> well, it's a very dashing pebble sort of colored. I wouldn't say gray. <laughs> I mean, you have an advantage okay. over me, at least having something to go yeah. gray with. Um, so, so sales, sales is an interesting world, isn't it? And I know we're starting in a weird place here, but sales gives you, gives you so many life skills, I always think. I, think. I think it gives you that ability to read people and to understand people, understand behaviors, understand psychology and such like. 
I often wonder that, I often think that actually everyone should have a, a short time in sales as part of any career. What do you think? Yeah, that's a great point. I, I agree. It's, it's almost, it's like the, the, uh, uh, there's a there's a concept where everybody should serve the public, right? We should all work at a restaurant or you know have uh, have that kind of experience. And I think what what I'd like to touch on with both of those is the human connection, and that's really what people need to learn. Um, and and that's that's something that these days, as you know, with social media and uh, everything that's going on, the human connection and is is waning a bit. But I think that that's sort of the connection between the two is in sales, I certainly had to learn how to develop a human connection, how to develop trust very quickly and and be authentic while I do it. Right. So that's what I that's what that's uh, the, the, the real crux of sales. Yes. And I think people have a, um, a perception of salespeople being somehow these cheesy people that knock down doors or sell your cars or double glazing or. They're ringing yeah. you up every night and such like, but that's so far away from the professional, especially business to business salesperson. It's just it's nothing like that at all, is it? It really is uh, the furthest from the truth, right? And and when I lead, I lead to give and not get, right? Yeah. And I teach everybody under my charge that we're there to serve uh, and to you know make people's lives better in the long run. Whatever you're selling, right? That's that you've got to go into. And, and really, it's just another form of communication. It's another form of communication process. And I know you were mentioning earlier on that you were interested in the musical side of world, the world. And that's just another form of communication, as is leadership. And I think, um, I know we're going to talk a bit about adversity, but really communication is at the heart of that human condition that you were mentioning, really, isn't it? It is. It really is. Um, and communicating uh, authentically is really the, the best way to do it, right? And to be your best self while you do it. Well, we'll ta- unpack that a little bit for me, Rob. Sorry to jump in before we talked about who you are and such like, but no, go ahead. I, I, I always have a bit of an issue with the word authenticity. Um, so what, what do you mean by it? What, what, what do you, what's, what's in your heart when you're talking about being authentic? Well, so I want to be myself. I, I, don't want to, I don't want to be a different person than I would be at home or with my friends. Um, you know, I grew up, my dad was part of the greatest generation here in the United States. And, um, you know, he was, he was a, a different person at work at five o'clock, he came to the door and he was a, he was the dad personality. And what I've tried to do is teach people. And I've lived and lived this as well in my business life is to blur that line and to be yourself, wherever you are, whether you're leading people working in business or whether you're home with your family, that's what I mean by being authentic is being yourself in both cases. And I think that along with uh, being authentic comes vulnerability. I'm sure you'd agree with that. And vulnerability really is the, is the, is the utmost to build trust, right? And if you're vulnerable and you're authentic and you're yourself, um, you, you, will, you will get more done and you will have more fulfillment, I, I believe, in my opinion. Yes. And vulnerability is something which is actually a strength, which comes through adversity, I'm thinking. Yes, and there you go. You just tied it back into the whole podcast, right? And 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 you know the the adversity is what you know. In, in adversity builds a lot. It builds resilience, of course. But um, if you're vulnerable enough to talk about your adversity, whatever that might be, um, then you're going to make uh, a massive impact on the people that you touch and you meet, whether it's for a moment or a lifetime. Mm. Um, and that human connection will be very strong. I've witnessed that. Yeah, and it's, and it's an extremely adult form of relationship, isn't it? To be a, to build trust and also be vulnerable and and not have that. And the trouble is, authenticity based on vulnerability is a is a very adult concept. So, 
it doesn't work for all cultures and all places at all times because not everybody's that enlightened i've discovered that that is so correct and, and i've had the experience uh, of of being a leader in in uh, in the us and across uh, in europe as well and there are things that translate and there are things that don't you're correct uh, but, you know, I took a big risk when I went to London to be a sales leader for a public company, and I was myself, and I brought a lot of the practices with me, and I was very surprised in a good way of how the team reacted and how my constituents reacted to me. Um, they rose to the occasion, and um, I was there for a particular reason, for sure. Um, got there just before the pandemic, so for me to be there and to share some of these things with them and to lead them that way with empathy and servant leadership, I think it was just it was meant to be. I was in the right place. I needed to be right there. Yes. And I would contend that vulnerability, authenticity, and um, adversity is a set of skills, either to deal with them or to make them work. So I'm just wondering, you've obviously had a degree of practice. So why don't you take us back and tell us a bit about how, how what the, the, you know, so the hand that life's dealt you and how you built those skills along the route? Yeah, sure. Thank you for asking that. And, uh, and I, I am a believer that, uh, that resilience is not a character trait. It's, it's something you do learn. Uh, I, I, I liken it to going to the gym. You build that muscle, right? And you build it, unfortunately, with some events in your life. So, um, you know, I, I had, and, I, and frankly, I didn't realize this until maybe in my 50s, when I really started to reflect on my life, that I was actually building this resilience muscle. Um, and I was doing it, not even knowing it as a child. Um, I grew up with severe learning disabilities um, and, on a, you know, I couldn't retain anything I read. Um, I, I've only taken a couple of math courses my entire life and graduated college, of course, but I've been able to kind of navigate that through when I was younger. So I've got I've got I've had to adapt and I've had to really look at self-care and how I can adapt to my life. So I grew up with that um, with that adversity in, in my life. And, and then at, uh, at 10 years old, I was diagnosed with Tourette syndrome. Um, and I don't have a severe case of Tourette's because I don't verbalize or swear or anything like that. But it definitely manifested into some, uh, at the tender age of 10, some obviously some a little bit of bullying and things that, you know, didn't, people didn't understand what I was doing as I was clearing my throat or rolling my eyes or twitching my shoulder. Um, so that also helped me build resilience as I went through life. Uh, later years in my adult life, I, I struggled with addiction uh, for many years. I'm now recovered alcoholic for uh, close to 30 years now. Um, and through that, yeah, thank you. Uh, through that journey, um, I was also um, suicidal uh, many, many of those days at the beginning. So I've dealt with depression and suicidal thoughts. Um, so I've gone through that adversity as well. Um, I, uh, at, uh, at 23, I learned that I had, uh, I had a disease in my eyes called keratoconus. Um, keratoconus is a disease that um, eventually uh, you'll go blind. So I was legally blind as a traveling salesman in a car um, and, uh, you know, weeks away from, uh, well, months away from losing my license. And I was fortunate enough to get on the donor list at that time and got a new cornea and, um, you know, and I've been fine. I've been fine ever since. I've had a couple of transplants, but my eyesight is, is, is better than most, I should say. Wow. Um, so I got through that and then um, other challenges in my life that just uh, that came up. And, and most recently, uh, the last uh, eight years, um, we were um, in Atlanta in my, in my hot tub with friends uh, on a Monday evening, just a, a nice, sunny, warm Monday evening. Uh, and my, my, my beloved wife um, had a brain aneurysm and was gone in a split second. 
Um, so my life changed in that moment, as you can imagine, um, in that moment, I, I, you know, my whole life just uh, crumbled. So as I went through that, um, and realized that I, I needed to move on, I needed to model for my children, I needed to model for my friends, I needed to model for me, right, that I could survive that. And I did, I not only survived, but I thrived. And as I look back on my life, I realized that all of the events that it's, I call it adversity stacking, all of the adversity stacking that had happened had really prepared me for that moment, that horrific moment where I lost my wife of 32 years. Yes. Um, and I was able to really get through that and get past that and, and thrive again. And then I really started to double down on the personal development, triple down. And I really got into studying, you know, what exactly did I do? And most of it, I didn't even know as a child. Um, and then I started to really learn about this. And then I started to pass this message on to anybody that would listen, you know, any, anybody under my charge or, you know, anybody that, um, that I could help or mentor and give back. So that's, that's sort of a, a little bit about my story. And so, so you talk about that event, which is, you know, horrible. You talk about how, how to coach and model and move things forward. So how did you do it? I mean, you, you make reference in some of the, your writing about the internal voice. Is that yeah. part of the process? I mean, because I, I often think this, this internal narrative is misunderstood and misplaced. So um, I'm quite interested to see what you have to say about this. Yeah, I, I do. I, I'm right with you, right with you, Doc. And I think that the reality is that uh, I believe the internal voice is louder than any external voice that you can hear. Uh, if you're yelling at the top of your lungs, your internal voice is even louder. And I, I say often in my speeches, that it's a top-down issue. You've got to stop at the top with your uh, with your mindset. And if you get your mindset right on a daily basis, sometimes twice a day, sometimes if you're having that kind of day, it could be three times a day. It could be hourly. It depends on what you're going through. But if you really do the check and you get your mindset correct and you get that inner voice in check, you can. there's nothing you can't accomplish. And, and I have a system that I use to do that. And it centers around living a life of gratitude and making living in a beautiful state absolutely non-negotiable. So that's, that's interesting. So I forget the percentage, but it's something like 20 to 30% of people just don't have an inner voice. Hmm. And, um, and, it's, and, it's, and it's peculiar, I think, to all of the, the rest of us who do. It is quite odd to think that someone, in, in, the, same, in the same sense that some people can't visualize an internal image. Um, and I, and I often wonder, and I, so what's going through my mind is that I still think the mechanisms work that you're talking about, even though someone doesn't have the inner voice, I still think stopping and checking and understand where you are and what, you th what, you know, what, your, what your precise thoughts are at the moment. I still think that's useful, even if you don't have this internal monologue that's going on or this sort of internal representation of an image. Uh, I just wonder what you think. Uh, so I think, I think that you can learn this. I think that, um, you know, that 20 to 30 percentile can definitely learn this process. I learned it. Um, you know, I don't think I was 
I, I mean, I, I know that I was not uh, aware of any internal voice when I started this personal development journey. Yeah. Um, I learned it just like I learned uh, how to build my resilience muscle. Um, and it, it comes down to the, you know, I've got several um, that I, I sort of pitch the different, uh, you know, how you do this, right? The, the roadmap. And one of them is, is personal development. And it's really, really is doubling down on your personal development that includes learning how to bring out that internal voice. And yeah. I guess I would challenge that 20 to 30%. I would love to get them in a room and say, I'd love to you know, to get you to a point where you could actually hear that voice. Yes. If it's possible, but of course what yeah. you can do is you can, you can create a, we can, you can create a, a anyone can create a monologue. It's just maybe sometimes it's got to be out loud. And that's why people journal, isn't it? Sometimes people actually use that mechanism to help them. Yeah, is right. is this one of the most significant things you learned in personal development, the, the use of the internal voice, or have there been other golden nuggets along the way? Oh, there's so many, a lot of golden nuggets, but um, that that was certainly uh, one of them. Mm-hmm. I learned I learned about the triad and triad of influence and uh, or the triad of success, uh, which I apply to my life. And I have I have multiple triads depending upon if I'm a leader, if I'm a husband, if I'm a brother. If I'm a if I'm a dad, right, a friend, these triads all kind of morph, right? And I, I have different triad of personalities for each one. And there's three aspects of the triad, as you can imagine. And the bottom one, which is the foundation, is called physiology. So it's how I show up and how I'm showing up to you right now and how you perceive me. Am I fully engaged? Am I confident? Is my chest open, right? Am I a leader or am I down? Am I depressed? Am I, you know, all these things that go on. And then you'd certainly know about that from your uh, science background. Um, And then it's the other one is the focus. What am I focused on? Am I focused on a life of gratitude or am I focused on the negative? Am I focused, you know, that's key for me. So what am I focusing on as I'm going into the interaction or if I'm starting my day? And the, and the final one, which is the voice, is the language. And how am I speaking to myself? And how am I speaking to others? And what is that language telling others as I speak? Right. So those, those are the things that I really got into and started to really study about how, how do I I'll flip that and bring that triad internally, right? Not just what people perceive, but how I perceive myself. So I started to really look at that. So that's where the personal development came in. Um, so that's, that's sort of the, the, the foundation of it. And then living a life of gratitude for me is, is again, it's, it's non-negotiable. Um, I have to be able to find gratitude in everything. And of course I learned that lesson as I, as I moved to London, right. From my assignment for two years and three weeks later, I was in lockdown for several months, as you know. Um, And I had to really, yeah. Right. Right. And I had to learn how to use these tools and apply them. And, you know, I thrived. My wife and I both thrived. We found the best in everything. We took walks in the park and, and we were grateful for seeing nature that we never been able to see before. We got to see the UK instead of traveling all over Europe, which we would have done, that's great, but we got to know the country, which we love and, and miss dearly. So those are the kinds of things that you can kind of switch uh, your mindset uh, by living in that gratitude. And I think- Go ahead. I, I think that's really interesting. I think this is, I think this is underplayed because I think, The problem is the word gratitude. I think people mistake the word gratitude for saying that you have to be grateful about something. And yes, it does have that thing. Sure. But I think the way you're using the word is similar to the way I think about it, which is that you found the happiness. You didn't wait to be happy. You know, you, you, and that's about positivity as well, but it's about, you can go into any situation. You can, you can get on a plane, you can be late, you can do anything. 
you find the enjoyment in it. You 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 mine the, the pleasure. And I think um, and I think sometimes the word gratitude gets in the way almost because it's the it implies sitting back and being grateful rather than saying, no, it's about finding the positive. It's about consciously saying whatever situation I'm in, I will find something. So, so it's a very proactive thing, whereas often I think people describe gratitude as being a very reactive thing. No, I, I agree. I agree. And I, and for me, it's very, it's very uh, proactive, right? I, every day I have a gratitude meditation that I do and, and I actively seek out uh, uh, how to get in that grateful state, right? Um, you know, it can come to you, of course, but I agree with you. It's, you you've got to be proactive and, yeah. and you've got to search that, right? And you can find gratitude in, in the littlest thing, right? The, yeah. the warm breeze as you walk the beach against your back. I mean, it, it doesn't have to be, uh, you know, that you won the lottery, <laughs> you know? Yes, that's really interesting, actually. Um, I'm just making a note of that because it's, it's given me an idea. Um, and thank you for that, because I was the best podcast to give me lots of ideas. You're brilliant. So I love that. <laughs> um, you, be, be, I mean, before we move on, we need to talk about your book, which is uh, okay. Surrender to Your uh, Adversity. We're going to talk about your website, which is robswiner.com. But you have to just close the loop on that story. I'm hoping there's a happy ever after to what happened to your wife. I mean, surely there's a... there's you mentioned your wife uh, coming to London. I'm assuming there's another and everything is wonderful. Yeah. So uh, crazy, crazy story. Um, and, you know, it shows you that I'm getting actually I'm getting uh, I'm getting chills as I as I talk to you here about this story, because it is one that is uh, that was life changing for me, of course. And uh, when I lost Bonnie, I there was there were moments, of course, I'm human. And, you know, I, I practice progress versus perfection. Uh, you know, there are moments where I, you know, I certainly wasn't uh, at my best. And, but, but I did, I did rise again. Uh, and I did that because I had that resilience muscle. And then about, it was about a year after uh, Bonnie had passed and we had spread her ashes up in Boston on, uh, on an island where she was her happy place, uh, Chappaquiddick. And I came back to Atlanta and I felt like, I felt like I, I was at a place where I may actually be able to move on with her by my side. You never live on, you never, you never move on from the person. They're, they have a stamp on your heart and you can never, ever get that stamp off, yeah. nor should you want to, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. So, you know, as you could imagine, uh, through my process of the first year, all of my friends were rallying to keep me busy. All right. I was out all the time. And depending upon what their activity was, I was like grabbed into going here, going there, going there. And uh, one of our good friends, uh, Missy, uh, was a health and wellness, um, you know, very passionate about that business. And she was focused on making me healthy, getting me healthy, making sure I ate right, make sure I took care of myself. Right. That's a good friend. Taking me to yoga class. Right. She's a friend. Right. Um, and we never had anything but friendship, of course and never even thought about it. Um, and when I came back from the Cape, uh, we started to kind of get these crazy feelings and we were really, we were fighting them. We were fighting them because we just felt, we felt odd, right? We were all friends and we were like, what do we do with this? And so, and I tell this in my book, I went to the, the only source I knew, I went to my, my two boys <laughs> and I said, I said, what do I do? I don't know what to do, you know? And how do I, uh, you know? And they said, well, 
you know, we love Missy. They've known the, known her since the third grade. You've got to ask her out. And I said, well, how do I do that? <laughs> I, I haven't asked a woman out since I was 19. So uh, I eventually got the nerve up and asked Missy out. And we actually went on a proper date. Um, and the relationship blossomed from there. And um, three years after Bonnie passed, we, uh, we got married. I, I was, I'm just blessed beyond belief to be able to find love again for the second time. And you know, Missy and I um, share the relationship we have with Bonnie. She's in our life. Yeah. Uh, she's in our house. She's in our. She's a presence in our life, and it takes a special, wonderful woman to be able to to accept that. Yeah. And Missy is that. You know, and uh, we have a great life together now, and and we have a blended family. We've and our kids have known each other since the third grade. So. Um, it's a wonderful ending to a tragic event, uh, yes. to put it to in your words. Yeah. And it just goes to show you that no matter what happens in your life, um, you know, the rise is always sweeter than the fall. Yes. And that's great. And, and this process of adversity stuck in our love. And is this in the book? Yes, it is. Yeah. So that tell story us a little bit about book this book because it sounds fascinating. And how, well, how we can get hold of it, more to the point. Yeah, sure. Sure. Um, well, the book came about, uh, I, I, as I reflected on my life and, and, and I wanted to, I wanted to give back. One of the four tenets of my, of my values is to give back, to contribute. And, and, and so how would I do that? I wanted to get my message out. Now, a lot of my uh, mates back home growing up would be laughing at this because, you know, with the learning disabilities, I think I've read, you know, 10 books in my life since I, you know, until I was 50. Um, I, I hardly retain. So for me to write a book was a, you know, was a feat in itself. But I did it during lockdown in London, and and um, and it was it just I just took massive action, and I said I'm going to do it. I'm going to give back, and sure enough, uh, it flowed through. It flowed through me, and um, it's a it's a it's a message of how to overcome any adversity, large or small. I pass on my life lessons. I also bring in stories from all over the world, people I've met that have gone through divorce, depression, um, you know, cancer anything, all kinds of adversity. So I bring in other stories of how they became what I call superheroes, a warrior mindset. So it's it's a collection of that and, and my story as well. And um, hopefully, I, I'm hoping people connect to it in some way and get something out of it uh, to help them as they go through uh, any adversity they may be going through. Yeah, and it launches April the 12th in the US. Uh, April, just been... April 25th. Okay, I'll just look in Amazon. It said the twelfth, so uh, okay. that's it. So I'll de I'm definitely going to buy a copy. Of that it sounds absolutely fascinating. So um, thank you. So so again, how do people get hold of you, Rob, and find out more about what it is that you do? Yeah, so my website is robswimer.com. One word: Rob S W Y M E R dot com. Um, there's events up there and different podcasts and media, as well as uh, the ability to pre-order the book um and um get on the list so and um you know it's absolutely fascinating listening to a salesperson talk compared to some of our guests who aren't in sales because you really have nailed this communication thing and um i think i think it's a very complicated concept that you're actually talking about because by its very nature adversity is, is sort of a concept rather than something else but you've um uh, really, I really get it. I really like it. And I've not heard someone talk about that word specifically. I mean, it, it gets bandied around, but they've not turned it into a, something significant. So I really thank you for, um, 
for sharing that concept with us today. And adversity is stacking. I think it's absolutely brilliant. I love that to bits. Oh, thank great. you. Thank you. I'm going to yeah. cheerfully steal that. And um, But I always reference my sources because I am a doctor, so uh, I don't believe in stealing it altogether. <laughs> no, no, use whatever you want. And I think, I think when I started to really look and research surrender, and I talked to uh, military uh, leaders as well, um, and, and they didn't say give up, they said give in. So as I, as I looked at the word surrender, um, I, that whole book is really about um, giving in and not giving up uh, and what that really means to a person and, and how you can change that one word in your vocabulary and change your entire life. Yes. Well, Rob, it's been an absolute joy to spend time with you today. I really thoroughly enjoyed it. And, um, you know, thanks for spending time with us. And um, again, your website is robswymer, S-W-Y-M-E-R.com. And the book is called Surrender to Your Adversity, available from all good bookshops, I'm told, and including Amazon.com or .uk or .fr and all the rest of them. So um, thank you so much for spending time with us today, Rob. My pleasure. You take care. Hi everybody, I hope you found that episode useful and interesting. Feedback is always welcomed and if you are in the mood to subscribe to us or even leave a comment on iTunes or Stitcher, that would be amazing. If you want to suggest ideas or even people you would like me to interview, then reach out to us at qedod.com forward slash contact. As I said earlier, you can go to qedod.com forward slash podcast for show notes or follow the links. And you can go to qedod.com forward slash extras to access offers, tools and resources, including free articles and ebooks. For those of you that would be interested in supporting our work and contributing more proactively, you can find our new Patreon page at patreon.com, then search for Resilience Unraveled. I look forward to being in your ear next time around. Take care.